0: You're listening to The Brand Compass, conversations to navigate your way to building a brand fit for purpose and poised for success. Here's your host, Shelley Rossland. Hello there, my friend, and we are back for another installment, and thank you for choosing to listen to us today. If you are a regular, you'll know that this is the place where we meet in the halls to chat about where your brand meets the humans you serve. I'm Shelley, your host on this conversation, and I have a lovely guest joining us all the way from the state of New York across the seas. Today, we're going to go deep into personal branding with one of my fellow branding professionals in this space, the effervescent Christine Gritman. This is a topic that is certainly a buzzword across social media, but to be honest, it's something that's been around probably before I've been alive, and in fact, probably before all of us have been alive. Think Cleopatra, Caesar, King Tut, Attila the Hun, or even a little bit nicer, Mother Teresa. I wanted to bring Christine on so that we could bring this buzzword out of the grey and lay it all on the table. And for subject matter experts, you should definitely be working hard on your personal brand, even if you have a business brand already. And hopefully by the end of this conversation with Christine, you'll be completely motivated to hop to it. So let me introduce Christine to you and we can jump into this juicy conversation. Christine Gritman is a personal branding consultant, Twitter chat host, live streamer, social media trainer and speaker. She's also the senior editor of Social Media Pulse, which is an online social media professionals community developed by Paris-based social media marketing software company, Agora Pulse. Christine is married to Gregory, and they have two young children, and they live in Nyack in the state of New York. Welcome, Christine.
1: Thank you so much, Shelley. This is great.
0: (laughs) I was really scared about how to say your hometown. was like, I'm not going to remember. She did tell me only two minutes ago.
1: You know, it's funny because one of my friends told me that for a while they thought that Nyack was just a nickname for New York, but no, it's a town just up the Hudson River and it comes from a Native American word.
0: Okay, that would make more sense. (laughs) Lovely. Right. Shall we kick off the conversation a little bit, Christine, by asking you about the bear elephant in the room? Like, How would you define personal brand, the concept of personal brand?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a lot of different ways that people define it. Um, What I say is it's the version of you that lives in other people's heads. And hopefully there is a version of you that lives in other people's heads. Hopefully you're not completely forgettable. But as we know, the version that, you know, people have of us in their head is not necessarily the version of them we want to be in their heads. So that's where personal branding comes in. It's about, you know, really having some control over that narrative. And if you're really hiding to yourself, you're not really going to be contributing to that narrative. You're not giving people very much to, to work on, to work with, in yes. terms of formulating that impression of you. So it's, it's very important, especially if you're going to be in any sort of business, whether you're in business for yourself or not.
0: Oh, nice. I like it. Yes, definitely agree. It's almost like a calibration, isn't it? The, the stuff mm-hmm. that you think is going on, is it what's going on in other people's heads? So it's a nice Exercise, deep exercise to do, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and people's reactions to everything have more to do with themselves and what they're bringing to the table and their pre-impressions of things and their experiences of things than it has to do with what's actually happening out there in reality. So it's really important that we bear that in mind and that we do what we can to make sure people's reactions to us and our messages and our business and all of that is a little more predisposed towards uh, that no like and trust.
0: Yeah, and more aligned with what we think is going on. As yes. Well. Make sure we're mm-hmm. behaving right, right? So I guess one of the obvious questions to put to you, because you obviously do quite a bit of this work, particularly with your clients, because you specialize in it. But what would you see as one of the, the biggest benefits of having a personal brand, or if you like, focusing on building a personal brand as opposed to organizational or business brand?
1: Well, people do business with, with people. And, and people and ultimately even, you know, the biggest company is made up of people who are there to serve people. And people are the ones who make decisions about whether to go with your business or somebody else's, whether it's a huge business or it's one person big. So really, given that humanity and humanness and, and that whole vibe and everything is a primary deciding factor. I mean, somebody else does what you do, no matter what For it sure. is that you do. Somebody else does it. So a huge part of that deciding factor is you, the person, their impression of you, even if they haven't met you again, that version of you in their heads. And that could be a blessing or a curse. It can certainly be a blessing because if they already have you in their heads and it's a good impression and it's an impression that makes them, you know, like you and more inclined to trust you, that's a bit of a shortcut. There you've already done a tremendous amount of the work without doing anything. If you are just exist in their heads in a positive light, because people ultimately want to make decisions that confirm their feelings. And if their feeling is that you are trustworthy, if their feeling is that you're great, if their feeling is that they personally identify with you in some way. Then you know that's that's most of the work done already for you. When it comes time for them to need your product or service, even if they don't when they first come across you, if you've been building that impression in their heads, then when the time comes, so much of your work is done for you just by their head. It's pretty incredible. But if you don't give them anything to work with, if you're not there in that head, in their head, if they don't have an impression of you, and most importantly, if when they're doing that research because they have a need and they hear about you, and they go look you up Mm. along with several other people or solutions or products or companies, Mm. and they don't find anything, or if what they find is inconsistent, they're seeing a load of different stories, and they don't really know what to digest or how to sort of formulate it into a consistent impression in their heads, that's really going to hurt you. I know that I've had situations where I've had a need. I've looked up businesses some of them I couldn't even tell if they were still in business. And oh, you know what? Goodness. I'm not going to do that work of finding out. I'm not going to dig. You really want to make it as easy as humanly possible for your target audience to make the choice to work with you if they're the right audience for you. That's, that's another element of mm. it. You don't want to be all things to all people. You want to make sure that when someone sees you and you and your solution and who you are, the right people say, yes, that's the one for me.
0: And do you think when people actually spend that, I mean, I have found this in my experience, but I always like talking to other people doing similar work is the more clarity you get by doing this whole exercise and piece of work on really articulating who your brand is. It's, it is that shortcut. And actually it, does make you pop up. And what it does end up doing is help reduce the calories that people have to burn to try and figure out if you are for them. Do you find that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I actually just had a call literally yesterday. And I'm not making this up as an anecdote. It actually <laughs> happened yesterday in real life. This woman contacted me. She'd she picked up my card forever ago, someplace. And she said, I had to take it just because your whole, like, you just came across. And I was like, ooh, I want I want some of what she's got. What's like? And then she sat on it for a while. And then when she reached a point where she was ready to kind of figure yes. out her personal brand more, that's when she dug in. She said, let's see what this person is all about. And there was a ton of info for there for her to dig in and some some of it was older. You know, some of it wasn't necessarily mm. exactly what I'm putting out there now or doing there now, but It still was me. It still was on brand for me. It still was my overall vibe. It still gave her a sense of who I am as a person, what I bring to the table, and what I've done for myself. And that gave Mm. her the confidence that I could help her do what she was trying to do. And I was really happy to hear that. When she told me some of the stuff that she was uh, looking at, um, I was like, oh, God, is that still up? But it gave the right impression.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, and I think that's really lovely. And it's just, I just found it so handy when you are able to really actually articulate who you are, who you serve, what you do and what you kind of stand for within, you know, the filter and the shine of your personality, isn't it? Because then you are either going to attract people or you're going to not reject people. I don't want that's not, that doesn't sound out. Repel. Should we say repel? It
1: doesn't even have to be that negative. I mean, it's really just no. about it's about boundaries, first of all, because you don't want people coming and wasting your time with loads of calls if you're not the best person for them. And they're not the best person for you just because they're looking to spend money. That's another thing. Hmm. To, to your point earlier about how sometimes clarifying these things can really help us, it can also help us clarify what we're looking for. True. If we look at the work we most enjoy doing, if we look at the type of person we most enjoy doing it for, that can also help us waste fewer mental calories on the wrong people, on doing the wrong work for us. It can help make sure that there's benefit for us as well.
0: No, I, I will definitely agree with that as well. And I'm busy going through another, you go through this in levels, don't you, over time? And I think I'm going through another revolution now, like, you know what? I think i'm done with doing this particular type of work i
1: am too i'm changing who i work with because i'm looking at you know who i used to work with and It was because i had a lot of heart for it but first of all the market wasn't really there but also they mm. weren't the people who really needed what i i brought to the table and i thought they mm. were but when yeah. it comes down to it they're the arbiter of what they need not you and so I'm, I'm in the process of shifting my audience as well and how I work with them because I'm looking at, I'm like, who's actually asking for this, who I'm capable of helping? And that was a bit of a shift. That was hard because part of me just wanted to stick with working who I thought I wanted to work with. But then it turned out to be a frustrating experience because when you're working with someone who's not in a position to really maximize your help, it can be frustrating for everyone. So Oh, yeah, that's
0: hit me a bit hard. I've, I've now just started thinking about something else. It's going to give me sleepless nights.
1: Oh, goodness. I'm right there with you. <laughs> my
0: goodness. All right. I'm just thinking because you and I, are fair. I mean, you more so, I think, than me, we're fairly extroverted. I do like my alone time and I get a lot of energy of doing a lot of stuff on my own, but I... I am extroverted to the point when I need it, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't really particularly have an issue being my personal brand online and whatnot. But if somebody who's listening is a little more, shall we say, on the sedate side of things and they're a little more shy or introverted and not there, out there, how do we make personal branding for them a comfortable experience
1: yeah it's really interesting in general there's this perception that you have to be extroverted not only to succeed in business but also uh with a personal brand it's interesting i had i had my friend simon raybold on my show a few years ago and and one of his quotes that i loved is why should the gobby ones get all the glory you know the people the people who are are unafraid to go here i am (laughs) here's the thing we're not right for everyone either. There's definitely people who see my online presence or, or, you know, even who spend time with me and say, oh, God, she's too much. You know, that's not right for everyone. Sometimes people want someone who's a bit more serious. Sometimes people want people who um, kind of step back a bit and let the work speak for itself on some level. Here is the thing about that. You can speak. You can project without yelling. And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about your literal voice. I'm saying you can make sure that you are findable by the people who need to find you without, you know, waggling your hands like a Muppet on live streams like I do without, you know, splashing your gifts with the color red all over Twitter. You don't have to do that stuff. What you can do Is, you know, make sure that your SEO is on point for things that you write that you put out there. I'm awful with that. You see, everyone has their things. Make sure that there is material about you out there. If you're uncomfortable talking about yourself, maybe try to seek out other people to talk about you. Honestly, I mean, some of that can be client testimonials. Some of that can be, well, guesting on things often involves talking about yourself a bit. But maybe guest on things where it's just about the topic and not about you as much. Do things that you can do where you can participate to your comfort level that will get you seen, but where you don't have to pretend to be anything other than where you are. As I said before, writing is a great outlet for that for a lot of people. They Mm. don't want to be on video it does help ha- it does help if you have some photographs of yourself out there. I have to say, have at least one good professional photograph you can have out there because people do want to see who they're working with, especially the mm-hmm. smaller the business or the more intimate the work. You know, if you're a, a coach or a strategist or a consultant, that's very intimate work. There's a lot of vulnerability there because someone is taking you in as an expert to help them with something that they need to get stronger on. That's very personal work. They need to see who they're working with. So sorry, you can't fully hide, but you don't need to be splashing photographs of yourself all over Instagram either if no. that's not who you are, but you do have to be findable. You need to put something out there, even if it's just, you know, those, those damn Instagram Canva graphics where it's your brand color and font with a quote that you believe in. You know, that's not the most interesting always, but it'll resonate with some people. If you're consistent You make it recognizable, you make it findable, you encourage people to want to dig in and see more and learn more, and there's more for them to find there. It doesn't always have to be the things that are so much about you personally. It can be more about your knowledge. Your knowledge can take center stage, but you do need to have it be findable. You do need to kind of have some sort of path for people to follow to you.
0: I think you still need to show your face. There's yeah. this element of this human need to connect, isn't it? And and actually just by, you know, you would get a lot more engagement by, by just sharing a, oh, absolutely. Or, or a video.
1: Oh, yeah. Well. It's going to work better for sure.
0: <laughs> mm. I mean, podcasting is a really good method in terms of hero content together with obviously blogging. But podcasting, you don't need to be doing on video. You can just do that on audio. And and actually, that's quite intimate. It is. That probably brings me on, I'd I'd say to to this, I wanted to fly by you, is is if I'm thinking about subject matter experts, which are particularly the people that are listening uh, uh, to the show, but also our clients that I work with. What kind of extra leverage do you think personal branding gives subject matter experts?
1: Well, again, part of it is that shortcut because they've already decided in their heads that there's someone who follows you. They've already decided that they trust you. And so anything that happens once they've made that decision is going to sink in more immediately. It's going to sink in better. They're going to be more apt to consume it. But a huge, huge part of that for subject matter experts is people are always looking for someone who's an expert on something, because most of us, this isn't all of us, there's certainly people out there who think they know everything about everything. But most of us, I would say, are keenly aware of our knowledge gaps. We're very aware of what we are not an expert in. We're very aware of the things we don't know enough about. We're very aware of the thoughts that we have that maybe we don't feel are original enough or groundbreaking enough or whatever. So most of us are looking to leaders who we can follow and trust. We're looking at people where you know they've done some of the thinking for us, <laughs> yeah. and we can kind of absorb their knowledge and feel smarter as a result. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone learns from people. Those thought leaders who we look to are learning from other people, for sure. Mm. There's mm. nobody who can't learn things from other people. So the thing about putting yourself in the position to be one of those people is you want to make sure, A, like any personal brand, you want to make sure you're findable. People are looking for people to follow Mm. and to listen to. Be be findable as one of those people and then give them something to listen to. But Mm. one thing I will warn on that is is make sure that you prioritize your message being accurate, being important, Mm. being relevant, being something that people actually need to hear over your visibility, and that's, that's a trap nice. that people fall into. I actually, it was interesting. Early in my own personal branding journey, when I was starting to become known um, in my local area, I received an anonymous letter. Anonymous letter.
0: People send anonymous letters. <laughs> this is the
1: only one I've received, um, thankfully. Uh, it was years ago. But it basically said, look, Making a difference doesn't involve hopping into selfies on Facebook with all the people who are making a real difference out there. The people who are making a real difference are just keeping their nose down and getting the work done. And when a friend of mine, when I told her about this, she said, Well, then clearly, if they don't realize you are getting the work done, I guess you're doing what they said. You are keeping your nose down and getting the real work done as well because they don't seem to know that you are, which is terrible. I mean, you do want people to know that, that there is a reason. But the fact is, you know, the people yes. who need to know will. The people who you're actually helping, the people who are actually getting something from having found you and having listened mm-hmm. to you, they know. And they're the only ones who really need to know. The people you are here to help are the only ones who really need to have that impression of you. Though it certainly helps, you know, not to have haters. <laughs> That's certainly better, I Like the way that was
0: anonymous, like yeah. a keyboard warrior. Yeah,
1: is. but I think that was funny that they thought all I was doing was posing in, in Facebook pictures with people who were doing the real work. It's like, well, um, those people wouldn't have, bo- those people actually asked me to do that to enhance their <laughs> visibility. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and somehow you saw it so it must have worked
1: and I was doing the work too they don't see me picking up garbage on the side of the street because they don't have to I'm not putting that on Facebook no
0: (laughs) we just don't want to see who wants to see that
1: I mean I put it on Facebook sometimes on occasion (laughs) when the organization asked me to to encourage more people to sign up to pick up garbage you see that's how it works there we go there was a
0: point there was a point (laughs) Good grief. (sighs) I'd also say if anybody is listening and they're still kind of teetering is don't hide behind a business brand, because I feel like it delays, it delays people actually, like you say, finding you and knowing that you're the actual human behind that. Because again, our attention span span is just so short nowadays. We've got so much going on in our lives, don't we? Yeah. There's also the consumer
1: trust element, which is interesting. I feel like some people have the impression of, you know, I remember when I started my business, some people said I should give it, you know, a name in case I wanted to sell it someday or, you know, to make it seem like I was an agency instead of just me to make it seem bigger. Some people even suggested I make up a fake assistant with an email address for the fake assistant that I seemed like a big deal. (laughs) Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum... Big brands want to channel the power of the small and the personal. I've given workshops to Walmart, an enormous corporation. I've given workshops to them to help them channel the power of the small. individual. This enormous Mm. chain, which has become synonymous with big business. There's Walmart, there's Amazon, there's Apple, you know, big business, Google. Mm. They had started this program where they wanted to put their social media in the hands of the people on the ground at their stores, just regular old employees. And, and so I was come, I came in to help them figure out how they could do that to teach the employees how to actually do this because they recognized that people see the big brand and they say, Oh, "Oh, I don't really want to support that anymore. I want to support small and local, you know, invest in my community Whereas if they looked at social managed by their next door neighbor, you know, their friend, you know, the mom they see at school drop off, mm-hmm. you know, they would realize, oh, this is in my community. And, and so, you know, big brands are trying to leverage the power of the small. So I definitely say I agree with you 100 percent, Shelly. Do not hide behind a brand name. It's OK if you want to name your business something. That is OK. Mm-hmm. Just don't pretend that it's not you because you are the one who gives it power even when i worked with you know small mom and pop businesses locally you know what is the power of that little local boutique i can order any of those items on the internet Mm. on amazon i Mm. could go to another shop in another town that also carries that product line what i am buying at that small boutique is the is the taste Mm. of the owner i know that Mm. this boutique has great stuff because the owner chooses wonderful things to bring in. I am buying mm. the curation. And, exactly. and so that's really key. The personal difference, the personal touch is what sets mm. you apart no matter mm. what you or your business do. And it's okay if you do it under a business umbrella, but make it really clear. The, yeah. The, the engine brand. powering that business is you, the unique human
0: being. Definitely. Definitely, definitely agree with that. Oh, I could t- I could talk for ages. Now.
1: <laughs> well, that's why we've both on each other's podcasts now, so that we have yes. more opportunities to chat about this. Keep talking, <laughs> keep okay. talking.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's very, it's very, very true, and and also shorten this length of time. So if you don't hide and just realize. because even um, you know those um, what's it called masterclass. I don't know if you get the ads. Yes. On. Do you get the ads as well on Facebook? <laughs> oh God. It's a great concept, right? But I found myself going, oh, you know, that dude who's really good at that, like, where's he? He should be there." So, you know, that's like really the power of personal brand and Bob Eager being on there. And, you know, uh, you just think, oh, yes, because he is synonymous with X. And the next person, you know, Esther Perel, you're like, yep, she's uh, she's the lady to go for for relationship advice. And that's what you want people to be thinking of you, like looking at a carousel going, well, you know, where's Christine? Christine's the queen of personal branding. I mean, she they've, got, they've got
1: Kris Jenner in there on personal branding. Um, yeah, I'm I not know. sure I agree with her methods. I'm not sure. <laughs> but she's certainly done it.
0: She's certainly <laughs> done it. And I have tackled, well, we might need a whole other episode on tackling this Kardashian <laughs> phenomenon, which still astounds me.
1: But at the but. same time, they've done personal branding. And yes, that's exactly. actually something that turns people off about personal branding. They yes. think that it means making yourself a Kardashian. It really no. does not. I mean, part of their whole thing is being polarizing. And if that's yes. not what you're going for, don't.
0: No. Oh, well, this is it, isn't it? You choose, you know, to articulate what your personality, your brand personality is going to be. And and, and ultimately, that's going to stem from your own values. Mm-hmm. So. Found, I just meant to say earlier when we were talking about introverts that I found, gosh, and I've got to found her name and I'll put it in the show notes for everybody. But I found a lady who called, who started a podcast called Quiet Rebels. Mm. And I was like, ooh, listen to that. Like that. So you still you know having to be the the strong you know professional but you don't have to do it in a loud manner quiet rebels
1: everyone like manages that. their energy in their own way and that is fine extroverted is not the only way to go and also like you mentioned about yourself shelly i can i can turn it on i absolutely come across as an extrovert i have the mm. i have that i can flex that pa- muscle for capability. sure yeah but i need to prepare and to recover. I love events. I love going to conferences and events, but for a few days beforehand, I really have to watch my energy management for mm-hmm. sure. I need to relax. I need to be go a little more inward for a few days. And then for a few days afterwards, my family knows that the day I'm home is not the day I'm home. No. <laughs> they need to Give be, me
0: another 24 hours. They need to <laughs> give me a
1: couple days of being yeah. a potato. Because I, I'm not really back. I am suffering from a massive, massive socialization hangover. It's very yes. real. And I mm-hmm. need to to replenish the, the electrolytes of silence.
0: <laughs> like it. Like it. I definitely do agree. Pretty it takes a so lot fun. of
1: energy to do this. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I've also had situations where I've been an absolute wreck. I've just been in a terrible mood or something bad has happened. but. I've got a show to do, and this isn't today, I was already in a good mood, but the fact is I've got oh, a show to goodness. do, and I can <laughs> still show up like this, you know, I yes. can kind of, I take notes when I yes. am feeling it, like now, on the things that I do and the ways that I show up, so then when I'm not feeling it, I can almost play it you like just a mirror road. it. Yes. you know, it's, it's, almo- it's almost like acting, but the weird thing is, you know, it it puts me in a good mood. I've had situations where I was like, oh, God, I have to do this thing. All right, show must go on. Let's pull it together. And then after the show, my husband will be like, how is it? Was it all right? I know that you were really kind of not feeling it. I'm like, no, I feel great now. <laughs> I've pushed myself. I'm, I'm back. But that's how my energy works. Some people mm. would feel the opposite. They'd have nervous energy before going mm. and doing something. And they'd be like, oh, God, oh, God. And then they do it. And then afterwards... Mm. They just—it's like, all right, I left it all out on the field. Can't do another thing the whole rest of the day. You know, bring me my dinner in bed, and that's fine too. You, I mean, how you show up is entirely your business. I, Everyone, has I think to it's lovely. Yeah,
0: and I think it's lovely that you shared that because um, I think there is this—I don't quite like the phrase, but you know what I mean. This positive toxicity. Yeah
1: it's at a the thing moment.
0: so it's like oh my god i cannot be that positive <laughs> i always worry
1: about that cuz i am very yeah. positive and so i make sure mm. every now and then, especially on like my instagram stories instagram is the most personal channel for me i make sure i show up regularly with you know no makeup on exhausted you know sharing the hard things yesterday i tweeted out my weight <laughs> which i'm working <laughs> on reducing <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I make sure I, I realize try to... that
0: there's two sides.
1: Yeah. And it's not about being negative. It's not no. about, you know, the opposite of toxic positivity isn't negativity. The opposite of po- toxic positivity is just realness and making it clear that it's not always easy peasy. It doesn't mean terrible things are happening. It doesn't mean you have to no. focus on the negative. Yeah. It just means, yeah, I have to try a little extra hard today yeah or i can't try a little extra hard today i
0: particularly feel that in my 40 plus years
1: same same.
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh christine i'm probably gonna have to wrap up man thanks man you're such a a joy to listen to and learn from and if if somebody was wanting to listen to uh sorry if somebody is wanting to find you that's a little bit more possible you are very visible and there are lots of ways but what's the best way
1: yeah good luck not finding me goodness
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Everybody, you have a scavenger hunt. Try not to find Christine.
1: My daughter came home the other day. She said, I looked you up on the internet. And thankfully, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't have to worry she'd find my OnlyFans or something. You know, and I, and I said, oh, what did you find? And She's like, a lot of pictures of you. I'm like, yep. Yeah, that's
0: correct. Everybody knows Yeah.
1: Me. So I'm the only Christine Gritman there is, which is very helpful. I had to share my maiden name. It's Gritman, right. G-R-I-T, like when something's gritty like sand, and M-O-N like Monday. And I am Gritman.com. Mm. I am Christine Gritman, Inc. on Facebook and YouTube. I'm C. Gritman on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I have a podcast on the Adweek Podcast Network that releases every single Monday called Let's Talk About Brand. One episode of which coming up uh, features the fabulous Shelley <laughs> Rustland. And uh, there's a video version of that podcast on YouTube on on Fridays. Also, let's talk about brand. And then in between, I host the chat about brand Twitter chat.
0: And you're one of the few people I still know that still has a Twitter chat. Yes. I know.
1: (laughs) It's a dying art, but I really love it, you know, because it's one thing to hear from the experts on the topic. But I really, really love this opportunity to have a broader discussion. And hear yes. a whole lot more points of view on the subject yeah. matter. So I yeah. love my I, Twitter, I love Twitter chat. Chats. Elon will pull it from my cold dead hands. I, I know, I
0: know. <laughs> I'm just really not sure which way it's going to go. I'm I know. Just, I'm waiting to see. Oh goodness!
1: <laughs> well, I'm 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 you know playing my violin on the deck of the Titanic. You
0: know, oh bless you! I'm there. Oh that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me in the conversation and sharing your insights and experience, Christina. I really enjoy your content. And your conversation in my newsfeed. And you're doing a fantastic job for Agora Pulse's social media pulse group, of which I am in. <laughs> yes.
1: And thank you so much.
0: <laughs> your flair and personal branding genius is a pleasure to have in my world. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Did that help you see the huge advantage and possibility of personal branding? Are you ready to grab hold of all the great bits about you and your expertise and shape your personal brand to work for you? Honestly, in the busy, hectic world that we're living and working in today, personal branding is going to be one of the few remaining things that we can use as subject matter experts to really make ourselves be better known and understood. So who do you know who could do with hearing this conversation and Christine's insights? Share this episode, you know you want to. Until next time, stay strong, believe you have value and make good brand decisions. Thank you for listening to The Brand Compass. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your entrepreneurial friends and help them make good brand decisions. Until next time, let's keep the conversation going at shellyrosland.com.